whakawhitai, a ku whakamanua ki o koutou katoa, kua tahuri mai ki te pai o Paripopo. Ko mihi ngā rangi a haui e kawaiana i te Mauri o tō tātou wānanga i te rā nei. Welcome to Party People, brought to you by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Tonight, we've reunited Aotearoa's favourite commentary couple. They are to Aotearoa what Benefa is to Hollywood. <laughs> it is, of course, Shane Jones and Shane Te Pou, or as we like to call them, Sha Joe and Sha Po. Nice. Tēnā, ora, you know who writes these, eh? She's not in the room. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get into it. There's been a Roy Morgan poll, and for the second time running, it shows uh, the Māori Party holding the balance of power, with this time with 5%. So how significant is that, Shane? I think it's reasonably significant in this regard. If you're, if you're a Māori Party that ostensibly represents Māori and you're at 5%, it shows that you're getting cut through amongst non-Māori. So that's interesting. Uh, the other thing is that they, according to this poll, they would be the, the kingmaker. I've, I'm, I'm a poll tragic. I follow these things closely. This poll normally tilts to the right. It was the most accurate at the last election. I think on a wider scale, uh, there'll be uh, a sigh of relief that Labour is at least holding ground. They're not going backwards. Where National is not advancing. Uh, and if you couple that with uh, the decreasing number of um, people who see who are supporting um, uh, Luxon in terms of their the prime minister pick, you know, um, popularity in that area. I think I think he has got some some problems. Just on that five percent, you yeah. said where they're looking sure. like they're getting some non Maori yeah. votes. Mm. Because you're so good at polls, yeah. any idea of what kind of numbers in there or percentage? No, I, I looked at well five percent, um, which is yeah. which are which are not Maori. Yeah, which are uh, no, I I don't I don't know, but just just given the, that quantum, they would have yes. to get a reasonably significant of non Maori vote, and I think this is the analysis that they're seen par- as part of the left block. So perhaps if you're a bit hoa with Labour. And the Greens, because the Greens have come down, maybe you're going to support the, the Māori Party. As if you're a bit hoa on the right and you can't quite support National, you go to ACT, but you won't transfer votes across the left-right divide. Uh, well, you know polls mm. better than mm, most yeah. people, Shane Jones, and sometimes mm. you don't even listen to them. But when, mm-hmm. a, when a pattern starts to emerge, mm. do you take notice? Um, Christopher Luxon has plateaued. Yes. Uh, in fairness to the guy, he did lift them a bit. Uh, up to the mid-30s, but I'm bigger if I can see uh, Mihi how he's going to go any higher. Uh, there's no meat on the bone insofar as what Christopher's offering, and in, if anything, it's a chicken bone. And until they really give a strong message that rivals what um, Jacinda and Grant are able to put out, then I think they're going to be stuck there. Uh, the Māori Party... <clears throat> I think the real uh, challenge for the Māori Party is trying to win a couple more seats, mm. and that will that will anchor them. Uh, insofar as uh, where New Zealand First is sitting, earlier this year we oh, earlier this year I was very partial towards the Morgan poll that yes. had us at four <laughs> percent. Sadly, it's got us at one and a half percent. Who knows? Maybe lots of my Māori voters have all run over to Young Rawiri. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but we're at a, a, a interesting time in the in the cycle, mm. um, would you be expecting, because when you look at the two sides of Parliament, both those potential coalitions, ACT, National and Labour Greens, both on around 44%, mm. it's really tight and it is up to the smaller parties. Yeah, I think this time it'll be an inverse outcome yeah. in respect of the last election. Um, naturally, 
we as New Zealand First haven't really got out of the stable, so to speak. There's a few social media posts and one or three articles that I write. Mm. But put that to the side. This time around, there will be no massive surge up into the high 40s or beyond. It will be a literal MMP mm. uh, contest at the end of next year. And I, I think Shane is right about, the, uh, about the, that he has plateaued. Remember, um, Simon... Bridges when he got rolled mm. was in that was in the early forties mm. and 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 could have formed a government and had that trend for for quite some time. The other thing, the other interesting thing is that the poll came out a few weeks ago, the TVNZ poll, that showed that sixty five percent of New Zealanders didn't want the tax regime that National sort of is underpinning uh, their their hopes for the next election, and they yeah. they believe that you know giving people like myself and Luxton an eighteen thousand dollar a year uh, payback in terms of taxes and holding the social infrastructure together is not believable. And you know why? Because it's not believable. What about uh, the Deputy for National seems to have lots of airtime more so much, you know, often more than Luxon sometimes. Yeah, she does. And, you know, I'm a little bit mischievous. I talk her up all the time. Um, But the reality is that uh, uh, she is the mastermind when it comes to the economic policy. Her name is as attached to the tax cuts and the and the, and the tax cuts not only for the wealthy but for landlords like myself, uh, as it is to Luxton. So I don't think she'll be in the measure of fresh air that uh, people would think she 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 would. And I just think that she's just seen a little bit of too too combative and not thinking through the issues and having a sort of a long term view. Isn't it view. about the whole package though? You yeah, know, all of that. Um, and and mm-hmm. do you think she's performing well compared to? Yeah, I, well, yeah, and and if you have a look at the ratings. She's from time to time. She rates higher than her leader, which is never a good thing. Uh, which yeah. is never a good thing. I, I wanted to know your your Ficaro on that. Um, Nicola came out. Mm. Nicola was a protege of John Keyes. Yes, and came via Fonterra. I recall um, uh, uh, suffering her uh, entreaties on behalf of Fonterra as a Labour MP many years ago. Uh, I, I don't have uh, professionally a particularly high regard for her. Mm. Uh, I don't think that her economic policy, to the extent I understand it, is credible. You cannot cut taxes unless you are going to do something about your cost side. Mm. And what are they going to cut? And it's just absolute nonsense to suggest that you can cut your revenue and continue to spend gaily into the future without taking responsibility for where the money's going to come from. And she has yet to do that, and that will be her undoing. Interesting, Fakaro, from from Shane Jones there. Um, Shane Tipo, we did talk a little bit about the smaller parties before, but yeah. I want to touch on New Zealand First uh, is actually maintaining its 1.5% in this latest poll. Mm. The opportunities has dropped. Uh, the new Conservative Party's down to... What do you put all that down to? Is it that, you know, that the, they, they came out announcing new things and now it's... Well, no. Normally, to be fair to the smaller parties, normally closer to the election, when they get more profile, you know, through debates, etc., they'll either sink or they'll swim. Uh, It is tough. New Zealand First has always got it's it's tough because they're not in parliament, so they don't have that day-to-day sort of profile. I think I I think New Zealand First numbers will climb, particularly as we get closer to election and, and people start zoning in, and then they figure out not only who the major party is, but who best to couple them with. Whether they get over 5% uh, is to be seen. But, you know, I'm very clear about this, and I have say this every time I'm asked, I'm not one to write off Winston Peters. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Hey, well, we've had a number of debates. Mm. I've hosted one. Yeah. You've hosted a few yeah. there, Shane Tepo. So um, the mayoral debates, well, the Hui's mayoral debate mm. on Tamika Makoto mm. um, was on last night with the four contenders. It kicked off with a question around mana whenua uh, and about ahika. Um, and, yeah, it quickly got into who's who of mana whenua with Wayne Brown and Craig Lord not acknowledging any of the other 18 mana whenua iwi. Um, what do you make of that, Shane Jones? If you're going to lead a city, do you have to have that? Look, order? I think where the Manafenua question in Auckland has really grown um, and developed fangs is over the Maunga Authority. The Tupuna Maunga Authority? Yeah. Uh, the Court of Appeal, as you know, sla- slammed down the High Court decision. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Paul Majuri is taking that, or perhaps it was a High Court decision. Mm. Anyway, it's being appealed. Mm. And uh, there's no love lost between um, the Russell McVeigh lawyer, Paul, uh, who also is the mokopuno of Hwani Nahe, who was the uh, Western Māori MP and a great chronicler of Tainui history in the 1870s and 80s. Mm. So I'm not surprised that our Pākehā participants um, aren't too clued up on who's who. Ngāti Whātua have uh, ruled the roost ever since uh, Hugh Kāwharu managed to convince and... Uh, quite frankly, endow Ngāti Whātua with some very strong rights mm. in Auckland. Ngāti Whātua were upheld as the mana whenua in the Fenton decision in the 18, 1870s. And, of course, their tūpuna went out of the way and sent Rewiti up to um, convince the governor, whatever you do, don't stay with the Ngāpo, he's come to Waitemata. <laughs> so they've had a long experience on how to work with uh, the Crown. Yeah. Uh, even so, in 2022, you know, there's clear legislation yeah. uh, that the Super City follows, which there is 19 recognised mana whenua. Do you think you'd be expected to know a little more? Well, uh, my, my analysis is not as complex and not as historically apt as, as Shane's. It's as simple as this. I think that Wang and uh, Craig, Craig Lord, Lord don't know, don't wouldn't even know the names of the iwi, let alone the inability to pronounce them. And I think he, they simply just played it safe. Really interesting. When um, I just picked it up and then I uh, replayed it, and I thought, did I get this right? When Wang Brown was asked uh, about contact that he has with Maoris, he said, and I quote. Oh, we go to the footy together, and I think, and I think his his analysis was a little bit weak because, look, the reality is that although he says he's owned a home here for twenty years, he's a titaitokaro entity. <laughs> that's where he's from. That's where people know him. That's where the people love him and love him. And trying to trying to move across to um, uh, a complex city like Tamaki Makoto has proven. Oh, it just shows how shallow the talent pool down here yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> He's incredibly well known amongst um, yeah. our hapu and iwi up home. Mm. Uh, Wayne uh, was originally working with our marae and our hapu back in the late 70s, and he devised our original uh, wastewater schemes. Mm. And he was the type of engineer, he'll devise something that works, not that uh, is exhaustively compliant with all the box tickers that will plague us like ticks on a dog once three waters is ever legislated. That, I, That's I, an I, opinion. I, no, I get that. I get that. But also, um, he does call himself Mr. Fixit. Uh, we remember people lived in Tamaki Makoto. There were huge issues during his reign over over the lab test sort of fiasco. And the other thing is, I just asked myself, Mr. Fixit. This is a guy that was a two-term mayor of the far north, and they got ousted. And no one knows him better than his local people. Not only did he get ousted, he got ousted sort of like a f- three votes to one, which is pretty. 
pretty hard to do in, 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 in provincial New Zealand. But hey, look, I'm not writing him off. I think this is my call. I think um, that he's on the ascendancy, uh, particularly since Leo left. Um, Vivek's num- numbers, I think, will dr- will drop. Uh, he's, will she he, pull out, Shane? No, I don't think she'll pull out. The other thing is almost irrelevant because the, the ballot papers are already, are already printed. printed. What did so, you make about the, the leading candidate, the one who's been at the top, Ephesal Collins? Uh, I like Ephesal. I've endorsed him. I'm not holding back on that, but uh, the reality is that he should be at least, given, given the fact that he's got uh, um, uh, La- Labour and the Greens supporting him, he should be in the mid thirties. Uh, the fact that he's only in the only three or four percent ahead of Wayne Brown, mm. I think, would be worrying. Uh, and I know it's worrying to the Labour Party because I've spoken to many of them as late as today. Well, do, 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 are, you, are you well supported by you know a party like Labour if they back you? Are they putting enough money into? I, I, I... The, my view about Collins is that Labour reluctantly have backed him. Mm. I think Labour were caught a wee bit short. They didn't have another horse in the race. I find that the media coverage of Collins is not well managed by him and his team. He tends to come across as a victim. And secondly, I think during his period of time, if I can remember anything about his splashes, as a councillor, he's a bit of a show pony or a showboater. And I think that he'll attract the the, 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 the faithful. But boy, there's a lot of no vote eh, in South Auckland yeah. and that's his problem. It's harsh on the harsh on party people tonight. <laughs> Do you think he'll have a chance of slipping through the middle with the with um Viv Beck and Oh Wayne yeah, Brown? well yeah. there's yeah, it's crowded space on the right side of the mm. uh, uh, the aisle and um, if he can turn his people out in South Auckland and such areas, he may very well triumph, but I wouldn't write Wayne Brown off at all. Yeah, and, and the other player, although his vote might not be that significant, it's likely come to the right, is Craig Lord, that I'm not a fan of, but geez, he's tenacious, he gets around, he's like that little pit bull that never let, <laughs> lets it go, but say he gets 35,000 votes from the right, that could be that could be the, that the could, difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be about turnout. I, if I was a fissor, I would use the trump card that uh, that does appear in Auckland, and that's getting the Prime Minister out and having some sort of public event. Look, look to that happening in the next two or three weeks. Would she front up for him? You know, uh, uh, changing topic slightly, I can see a problem unless relations and cordiality improves between the Prime Minister and those groups who are tragic but are obsessed with the Prime Minister. Mm. And there's a lot of planning now for Jacinda to have any major public event because she attracts the people who want to destroy her political legacy and you almost have to have the cop. You, you almost need the cops at every event because they. I've seen it in Taitokiro. Yeah. Mm. Her, her van had to drive up mm. over the footpath I to get away that from footage. them. Yeah. That's right. And uh, not even Helen Clark in her sort of bleakest days of seabed and foreshore suffered mm. that sort of malady. Yep, that's yeah. true. Um, you hosted the Wellington, the Battle mm. of Te Whanganui yeah. Atara, uh, between Greens endorsed Tory Fano, Labour endorsed Paul Eagle, and the current Mayor Andy mm. Foster. Um, yeah, it was well, a, it was a great crowd. Too. It was a good crowd. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you know, uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. But Wellingtonians are very, are very engaged in politics. Who I, performed? Uh, Tory, in my view, I tell you why. She was vivacious. She was. She had some big ideas. She had a good connection with the crowd. Uh, 
Paul Eagles had very um, clear lines. He's got an awesome communication team. He's one of them that mm. used to work in Shane's team. So he's he's got the lines. I think he's likely. I think he's likely to win it. But I also think there might be a strategy here. And here's the strategy: get two. Tori for Mia. Paul stays on uh, stays on as the uh, member but of parliament he have for Rongatai. No, no, no. I, 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 no. I, I, I think in terms of the strategy of the centre left, and vote for Tory. Get here as the mayor. Paul stays on as the member of parliament for Rongatai. Still plays a very important role in terms of Wellington politics. No, but this is exactly what we're talking about in the Auckland. Mm. You know, someone needs to step aside for the right to win, and in Wellington, it has to be the left. So, I mean, wouldn't Paul Eagle? He's already well, a I, politician. I, Paul, Paul is to the right of the current yes. Labour Party. I've known Paul a long time. Mm. He did a tremendous job when he was originally a councillor, and obviously he replaced uh, Manette King. Mm. Mm. Um, and uh, I worked with him very closely and delivered for him as a constituency member in the Chatham Islands. Mm. Tory's got uh, the, the most extraordinary name, Tory Fano. <laughs> she is going to need every single member of her extended Fano to knock yeah. off Paul Eagles. Mm. Yeah. She's young, though. Wellington is. Uh, yeah, no, is look, younger, I, but I guess it's yeah, I won't speak against again. Tory. I didn't deal with her a great deal through the Green Party, but I was always impressed by her. She was. Um, she she was behind all the negotiations with New Zealand First. She said. Yeah, she um, dealt with um, uh, John Johansson and, and, and dealt with a number of my staff. She's a good negotiator then if she's, if she's <laughs> getting... Well, I mean, the thing about Wellington is there are huge promises. Phil Twyford had made some inordinately expensive yeah. promises about uh, how much dough he was going to give them. But uh, as befits the Wellington culture, they do a lot of planning, consulting and report writing and precious little picks and shovels. Yeah. Hey, well, the government has passed the third reading of the Oranga Tamariki Oversight Bill, Voice, which is the, at the Youth Advocacy Group, says the bill basically proposes changes uh, to how Oranga Tamariki is monitored and how complaints are made and responded to. It proposes to shift complaints and investigations from the Children's Commissioner to an ombudsman. Uh, it proposes to turn the office of the Children's Commissioner into a board-led commission um, and there'll be no more Judge Beecroft or anything like that. So what do you make of this, Shane? Because this was something that when this government came in, they promised they were going to turn it upside down, shake it out and clean it out. Well, structurally, they're endeavouring to do that. Mm. Uh, I, I personally know a lot about the legacy and the history of Oranga Tamariki, and there are some very sad, but there's some very positive stories as well, mm. of garden variety families stepping up to the plate, taking what used to be called um, welfare kids. Mm. And indeed, uh, when I was at St. Stephen's School, my mum and dad did a lot of that, as did a host of other farming families uh, in Taitokero. I think, however, the levels of dysfunctionalism and the impact of drugs has changed the circumstances that these kids find themselves living in. So the structural changes, I think, are necessary and overdue because I'm, along with everyone else, sick to death of hearing of yet another tragedy with a little one at the uh, hands of either a uh, stepfather or some grossly dysfunctional parent. And if this actually enables us to move forward and stop that from happening, I'm all for it, mate. Yeah. Or, or, or um, also, you know, we, it's, um, you know, while we, we've got to stay... Uh, st- a Royal Commission into State Abuse at the moment, um, you know, there are, there are allegations that abuse is still happening in state care. So it's about having a framework or an organisation yeah. that is safe for tamariki. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
Jacinda nailed her colours to this mask. Now, look, I don't want to be churlish and talk mm. about Jacinda. I was going to talk about child poverty. Put that to the side. Mm. Uh, but this is uh, something deep and meaningful for the brand that they're going to have to protect and promote at the next election. And where there are cases of egregious failure, of hurt, violence, criminality and uh, abuse, then it needs to be rooted out. What do you, what do you make getting rid of the commission and replacing it with a board? Well... I like this current commissioner. I thought that from time to time the last commissioner was a bit of a show pony, to use <laughs> Shane's uh, terminology, uh, and it became more about him than the issues. I do like the monitoring group because actually, it, for the first time, survivors and 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 Fano are actually involved in the mix. But here's the here's this is only the peak. The real answer is to hand the keys over. And I see some of the positive work that uh, we're doing with uh, where I'm from, with Tuhui. We're basically SIFS kids. Uh, looked after and capable by Hapu and Iwi, and it se- seems to be Talk working us well. That. So and that's I think working that's at the, the answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's beginning to work. I think the construct needs to change. Uh, and, and I think whilst this government, in some respects, like for instance, politics and and the and uh, the Ministry of Health, that is no longer an entity, looking at, at, at centralisation, I think the answer in terms of Orangatama Mariki is decentralisation. And when you look at that, when you look at that board and the CEO, it's basically Maori run. Mm. You know, you were talking about how fa- you know good Fano used to take on mm. Tamariki back in the day. Mm. Do, do you think that we still have the same support for families that do want to do that kind of stuff today? Um, I, I do see it in parts of regional New Zealand. Mm. Um, it does help if you have land, mm. because often the most uh, important thing is keeping kids engaged, yeah. uh, keeping them active. And often we've got so many coming from dysfunctional backgrounds, it's either watching an iPad or something like that. Look, and I don't, and I don't want to be grossly generalising, but the opportunities still exist to reconnect those whānau. It have to be well-resourced, but you've got to put as a, at a level of utter prominence the well-being of the child. And if it means that a child of Māori ancestry ends up for a while with a Pākehā, mate, I'll live with that if the kid is going to come out healthy and well-adjusted. If, for example, the Māori whānau of the area are either stressed or they're overwhelmed with what they've already got. Just be very careful, though, uh, Mihi Shane, that we don't drive the uh, looking of our, uh, the caring of our tamariki through a pure iwi lens. Yeah. We've got to have solutions that work for that child. Mm. Mm, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Shane is right. There are some great success stories. We know within our own whānau when the resources are put in mm. at a whānau level and you can just get a little bit of functionality, it can work for the kids. Uh, Shane is right. There are whānau there where dysfunctionality uh, is, perm- is is permanent a- 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 across generations. So it does need to be it does need to be child focused. Yeah, uh, the movie mm. Muru came out last week. It's very good. Made by my clever whanaunga, Te Ari Pākahi. The movie is a New Zealand action drama film about the uh, 2007 Mm -hmm. Tūhoi raids on Ruatuki. At the top of the film it states, uh, this is not a declaration, it is a response. It's quite clever. So Shane, you were in the Labour Party in 2007. Do you remember the invasion into that valley? Yeah, I recall it coming as an item of discussion in our caucus. uh, After the fact? No. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, yes, obviously, we, we weren't uh, privy to the details. Yes. But the person who stood up 
and attacked the notion that Tuhoi were terrorists was Dover Samuels. Mm. And Parikura said a bit, um, and, and I spoke as well with them, one who was most adamant was Dover Samuels. And uh, they said, well, how would, you, how would you know Dover? And he said, well, yesterday I went to Tuhoi to have a look for myself because my first wife was from Tuhoi. <laughs> And um, his throwaway line, Shane, was, well, all the tuhoi I ever knew, they'd never wake up early enough to actually be good revolutionaries or good terrorists. The cops let us down incredibly egregiously. Wally Homaha and the Māori policemen were completely circumvented. What's the point of having, within rank and file, some well-connected community constables who belong to the community? And I, uh, I recall them being circumvented for fear of them not being able to undertake their professional obligations. Mm. Mm. I presume it was the superintendent from Rotorua at that time, and that person, if I'm not mistaken, got sent to London. Yep. And I, I, it, it, Shane may know a wee bit more mm. about it. it. That is an extraordinary blot. And then after Wali Homaha and other Māori policemen came in to try and uh, resolve matters and smooth the way forward, what happened? He applied to uh, get the top job, and then out of the woodwork came a whole, a whole host of very ugly allegations about him. Not a single one of them ever proven. Mm. But the, uh, his, uh, the, the people that want to ensure that... Uh, the, the Māori rank and file don't get out of line, they won the day there. Mm. Yeah. Or to Hoikwe, Shane, mm. um, you will remember it well. What I was remember, your response? I do remember it well. Heard? And actually, you were right, Shane, but also I spoke out, you remember at the time. Mm. Mm. I spoke in the preliminary session and then I wanted to speak to the wider party and I got told Taihua. And actually, actually, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I, I, f- I feel a bit of mamai about it. I think that uh, the Māori caucus were caught up in the group think that occurred mm. and I and I said at the time and I believe that day hey, if if this went down at Narawahia, at Turanga Waiwai or Waitangi or Hukurangi, I think the response from the Māori caucus would have been different. Uh, different. I think that we at the time we were quite a uh, small iwi. We hadn't had we didn't have that political muscle. I think it would have been very different in 20, uh, 2022. Um, we delivered an apology on a macro um, level, but I don't think we put it right amongst the people. I went to Michael Cullen's um, memorial service the other day. Annette King was there. Helen Clark was there. And I and uh, Michael Cullen was part of that decision-making mm. process, very staunch in support mm. of the police. And I think that he spent his last few years on this earth trying to put it right. Atoning. And that's why he worked with the Iwi. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, look, the uh, it's, it's a tricky situation. Yeah. You, you had Helen Clark and Michael and obviously Annette King, a very powerful MP. She was the police minister at the time. She was the police minister Mm. at the time. And, you know, you're trusting Commissioner Broad. Commissioner Broad was, I think, a wahine Māori ano tāna. Yeah. He was a very powerful commissioner, wasn't he? But he he? was a big, powerful, and he exuded authority. So as uh, MPs, you tend to be influenced by that kind of uh, thing. But Shane is absolutely right. The Māori members of the caucus at that stage... We, uh, we 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 never really had the opportunity to challenge the intelligence of the police. And as matters have transpired, sure, there were a few court cases, but they sort of pale into insignificance when one thinks about other cases of violence and carnage in society. Yeah. And that's and that's the bigger issue. Eh? We look at what happened, the focus that went on in terms of tuhoi, uh, and then, you know, only not a decade or so later, we had 51 of our 
fellow citizens murdered uh, down in Christchurch yeah. by a white supremacist. And you know what? Um, that was in front of us, and 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 the focus in that scenario was was in the wrong area. Do you think? Um, and you've talked about yeah. at a macro level, mm. uh, micro level, macro level. Yeah. They have apologised. I think um, you know several politicians have gone to Tu Hoi yeah. and those kinds of things. But you know, to, it, there must be some support for a pardon yeah, for people I, like Tamieti and sp- Terangi Kaiwhiria who yeah. who spent mm. years in jail. I, I spoke to my Fananga. Um, Tame, who has been an activist for 30 odd years in my life I've known him as a trade unionist and Māori activist and mm. sort of thing he says he's moved on, he says he doesn't have the energy he says that there are new projects in his life and uh, and that people have got on with life mm. Yeah, I, I don't know Kemara yeah. um, I do recall um, Tame getting very angry with them mm. in some hui um, but funnily enough my daughter just sent a lovely photo of my most recent mokopuna with Tame down yeah. in Wellington somewhere. And I get the impression that uh, Tame, as staunch as he was then, as he said in the paper recently, he no e mahi ano, mm. he's moved on. Yeah. Mm. And uh, really that would be for his whanau and iwi to push forward. But I think him personally, he's 70 years old and does he really want to spend what will be a very bitter experience yeah. uh, over the next um, four or five years. Mm. Uh, well, that's party people for this week. Don't forget you can watch us on RNZ's YouTube account uh, and Facebook. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thank you for that